0: Alright everyone, thanks for joining in and I just want to take a couple of seconds here before the podcast gets gets going today and just say that these next couple episodes are kind of starting a, a mini senior campaign that I've been wanting to do for a while and luckily due to the time we're in and the time we have available, I've been able to start. So the next couple guests are going to be pretty close to home with me. They were the seniors... When I came into ASU as a freshman, and while they may have not been everyone's favorite people, they certainly were mentors, brothers, and influential figures in my life at one point and many more, and in their own unique and special ways for me. So I really hope you guys enjoy this episode as much as I do and thanks for tuning into the podcast today Enjoy. let's fly together fly together fly together you can be my love sweet love no your pretty feathers it don't matter the weather she and me together we'll fly 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 forever let's fly together fly together
1: fly together you can be my love sweet love no your pretty feathers it don't matter the weather she and me
0: together we'll fly fly fly, fly forever Ooh. all right everyone welcome back to another episode the culminating factor of the swimming realm of the senior series for me, uh, finalizing with Mr. Andrew Porter. Um, finally tracked him down, finally got him for a couple couple moments to the side. Uh, Andrew is a graduate from Arizona State University. He graduated with a degree in three focus areas of entrepreneurship, finance, and marketing. He is an academic All-American multiple times. He is also a multi-record holder here at ASU and is also a multi NCAA finalist and participant as well. Um, a couple of things outside the pool. Um, Andrew, since uh, going since going away from athletics in his uh, time in college, has uh, had a couple financial opportunities. Um, also, um, just a, your typical grunt—not your typical. You're above average grunt worker. And uh, Rube Goldberg enthusiast, as I as I just learned, and um, an extreme sport enthusiast as well. So without further ado, and uh, with much anticipation from me, Andrew, welcome to the podcast.
1: <laughs> What's up, brother? Yeah, I'm uh, stoked to, to be here and talk to you, man. It's uh, always good to spend some time with you.
0: Yeah, likewise. So I think, uh, I think for where I want to start is, is just you explaining kind of your upbringing. Um, obviously, we got a couple things in there. With uh, extreme sports, um, Rube Goldberg, kind of some out of the box type uh, type stuff there that um, you don't really hear every day, and, and something that someone takes a lot of pride in, and is one of the forefront things on their mind when they think of their their upbringing. So I guess from wherever you want to, you feel comfortable starting, just uh, kind of give us the the humble beginnings, I guess, of Andrew Porter.
1: Yeah, man. Thanks. Uh, thanks for having me. Um started my journey in Santa Cruz, California. I was born there in 1993 and, um, kind of was born into a very conservative family, which I think kind of led to some of my more rebellious activities. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, it was also kind of fueled by my, my father. Uh, he was a mountain biker. So, um, you know, from the age of six was always on a bike and doing all sorts of bikes up in the Santa Cruz mountains. Um, And yeah, I kind of started off at an early age just being competitive with a good friend of mine, Jackson Parton. Uh, We were always out uh, racing each other in some practice. We actually met in kindergarten. I was on some little club team and uh, he brought me over to what at the time was the fastest club in um, Santa Cruz, California. And we just raced because we were good buddies, same height, same speed. And um, it was just so fun just to be in the pool, just hammering on a 50 or 25 and going back and forth, like, you know, he'd win one, I'd win one. And um, it was just a good time. And uh, that kind of evolved into doing some, some junior grad activity, which really kind of exposed me to how athletics can be used in more of a useful, um, I guess a, a useful manner to help other people. Uh, which was you know in the form of rescue relays or paddling and um, with my swimming background I kind of excelled in that. Um, I think a lot of the kids were just there to spend some time at the beach in the summer and that's all good. I'd, they're all my friends but uh, I was there to get after it and kind of like add to the swimming training and uh, it, it showed it was a lot of fun. I got to go to you know states and nationals and all sorts of stuff and um, you know crush them no I'm just kidding uh, <laughs> but uh but it was it was just a lot of fun to be like kind of with a, a good group of people all of the common interests and that was kind of my first exposure to the team um, you know some team you are still part of a team but the way you take care of that unit of people is you kind of take care of yourself and you do what you have to do to kind of contribute to the overall good but working with like an actual group of people all on the same active goal, like, you know, carrying a stretcher or um, doing some form of relay. You really have to lean on and take care of your friends uh, to get through those kind of things. And so that kind of always, always interested me. Um, but yeah, kind of fast forwarding through kind of my grade school area, I, I didn't really have too much of a focus on what traditional school had to offer. I was kind of more drawn to the sciences and uh, always took my projects very seriously. I have a huge artist background. And uh, so yeah, anything kind of involving creative, I tended to thrive at, but uh, my book reports always kind of fell by the wayside. (laughs) Um, I don't think my my teachers liked what I had to honestly write about what books they were telling us uh, to read, but, you know, that's okay. It's just part of the learning process. Um, yeah, as you mentioned, I kind of took a few of my science projects pretty seriously, made them all out of like machined metal, um, just way over the top to the point where the teachers like wanted to save them for examples later on. And, um, I think a couple like biology and physics teachers still have my projects. I still in contact with them today. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and then, um, you know, kind of moving through high school, my main focus was starting to evolve into making the Olympic dream happen. And, uh, it kind of all started. I I ended up qualifying for uh, Olympic trials when I was 15 at the Santa Clarita meet and getting ready for that final. I, I didn't even know what the Olympic trial standard was until I looked it up on the hotel lobby computer with my buddies and it was just two seconds off it was i was like a 207 was my best in the 200 i am it was like a 205 and i just kind of looked at him and was like dude i think i could do that (laughs) and he's like yeah go get it and uh so yeah fast forward into the finals i was in a final and just like let it go and i i'm pretty sure i was racing gunner Benz like good good buddy like just all the swimming such a fun community because it's so small and like all the top guys end up coming from like the same meets. and so yeah I ended up winning like second there with like a 204 and qualifying and it was so sick like it was just it was so fun and uh you know from then on out I kind of <laughs> maybe got a little too full of myself uh In high school, you know, I I really let my studies fall by the wayside. I was still getting, like, B's and C's and, you know, the occasional A, but it was all about swimming. What could I do to get better at swimming on that side of things? Uh, Relatable. Yeah, you know how it goes. Uh,
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, but uh, that kind of led me to uh, look for a school that, at the time, I was very interested in aerospace engineering and uh, had – uh, you know, looked at a few schools that kind of all of the recruiting processes just ended up falling through, just wasn't really a school that was a good fit. And that kind of led me to um, taking a gap year and just training full time for the 2012 trials, um, which was super fun. And also, where I kind of discovered that mountain biking skills transfer pretty hard over to motorcycle skills and uh despite my parents best effort uh ended up just absolutely falling in love with the the world of Ducati uh we had a local Ducati shop called Moto Italiano and I got to basically just hang out there learn sales learn mechanics and then they ended up putting me on their 916 race bike nice. uh and just having so much fun with that and uh yeah I I just, I fell in love. So that was kind of a, an interesting kind of vector force through my swimming career <laughs> <laughs> of, you know, how much do I keep leaning into this Olympic dream versus what I really wanted to do, which is ride bikes. Um, but I, I pressed on because, you know, obviously qualified for Olympic trials and um, ended up looking at UT in Arizona and, uh, I can't tell you how awkward the conversation was with Eddie Reese after he had made my own personal recruiting trip, which I really had a fantastic time. at. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I basically just told him, uh, look, Eddie, Arizona has mountains and I'm a mountain biker, so I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, but I got to go to Arizona. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. He even, even offered me more scholarship. It's crazy. Um, uh, but I, he's a good guy. He knows, I, he knows I love him, but, uh. Yeah, and then uh, you know, I ended up going to University of Arizona, and uh, being, you know, kind of the the underdog in a sense. Uh, I had some decent times coming out of high school, but I didn't really know how competitive NCAA truly was because I never really even it hadn't crossed my mind. I don't have an older sibling, you know, I don't really have anybody that had gone off to college before me. Um, most of the people hadn't gone to college for my club, and so. Kind of was just all figuring it out off the cuff, and um, you know, we hit our mid season meet, and I think I, yeah, it was a one forty six two am and the- the cut was like a one forty four and you know, I had teammates telling me like, dude, just like just you, you you know you're probably not gonna make it this year, and that's fine, and of course, with me that that's telling me like, oh, you don't tell me that, like yeah, I'll show you, so don't poke <laughs> the tiger, oh yeah, exactly. And so, yeah, I ended up coming back for uh, uh, Pac-12s in Seattle and qualifying as a freshman for NCAAs with a 144.8 to IM. And I was just ecstatic because I was the only freshman to do so in my class and uh, got to go, uh, you know, get third place as a team. I say that tentatively because I didn't score any points for that win. Um, obviously I was there as moral support but that kind of stuck with me of okay I really need to contribute moving forward you know how am I going to do so yeah and uh, that kind of led to like a big step up in training um, sophomore year honestly to a pretty like unhealthy level Uh, I didn't really know a lot about what I was doing to my body but I was just hammering I was just going as hard as I could in every workout and didn't really understand that you needed some <laughs> some decompression <laughs> days or, you know, to mix it up. I mean, dude, I was running stadiums with 40 pounds of weight vests, like in Dang. this is like in September, like heat too. Like I was, I was just hammering. It was so like it was so fun. I have such good memories of it. But, um, you know, this took it really far. And then, mm-hmm. at that next NCAA, I ended up dropping more time and winning my B final in the, the hundred fly. Um, which is just like one of my favorite swimming memories, because our team wasn 't doing nearly as well as we had the year before, and like to get a little win, like just seeing all yeah. the boys on the side of the pool, it was so yeah it was just it was awesome it was a huge talk.
0: huge momentum shifter too
1: exactly, yeah, and so that kind of thrust me further into my um, training, if you will, and uh yeah, kind of again just took it a little too far um kind of combined uh sort of a wrestling style um weight cut with a couple weeks of swimming that kind of led me to um I ended up getting in a uh, accident with my bike kind of uh, this is my mountain bike and uh yeah just didn't have proper care with the trainers there at U of A um no fault to them. They were just doing at the time what they were trained to do, but I don't think they were fully trained to help me with what had happened. And uh so ended up um kind of just back home and reevaluating. Um I had an offer at the time to race motorcycles in Dubai um full time and I was really uh like I mean that that's like my my dream like yeah, <laughs> I like, was like, insane yeah i had this uh awesome gentleman he's an older dude um but he owned his own like in, it was a material engineering firm and he was based out of dubai and um i had sent him some tape and um kind of told my story to him and he was all all for it wanted to help me kind of get into the uh, into the leagues of, of what you know would have been pre-MotoGP racing um but yeah again I don't know something about swimming just stuck with me because trials was a year away at this point and I mean we were all dreaming about going to Rio you know like it was <laughs> it was huge yeah, so yeah, yeah yeah once again kind of you know put the motorcycle thing on hold figured I should probably keep it as a hobby and uh it's so strange um Alicia Bush actually she was somebody that was on my university of arizona uh, recruiting trip posted a story on her snapchat saying well bob bowman's our new head coach and like i remember seeing that video and just immediately searching for a contact i found dan kessler's contact dan the man uh, yeah dan the man he's he is he is truly the man he's uh <laughs> yeah he man of his word He promised to help me through everything, and he he truly did. And, uh, yeah, I found an awesome place at ASU where, uh, I mean, they were awesome enough to have me on scholarship and uh, train full-time for the uh, 2016 Olympics. And uh, with some, you know, rough and tumbling with the NCAA eligibility office, you know how they are. Uh, Oh, yeah. Was uh was awarded you know me and uh Tebow uh, were allowed to train with the the pro group so now it was you know Michael Phelps this guy that I looked up to and you know years earlier got to sign my cap you know now I'm <laughs> now he's my peer and my training partner
0: and yeah.
1: um that was huge it was just so cool and it was such a step up from what. I had experienced in any sort of collegiate sense, you know, we're doing probably 20, 30% more distance with a lot faster intervals. And it was certainly adjustment. um, But, you know, met some of my best friends in that group. Um, Dan Tranter is a, just an awesome Australian dude. Um, You know, Olympian in 2012, like just such the man, anything that guy puts his mind to. I'm pretty sure he came off of, I think it was like six months of absolutely nothing into uh, the pro group training and was like up and rolling in like two weeks. Like he was racing slash beating Michael in two weeks, which (laughs) I mean, Keenan Robinson just resented him for that, but you know, it's hilarious. It's, It's just one big, one big sitcom with those guys. It's, it's so funny. Like just seeing the relationship between Michael and Bob and kind of, you know how they're they're basically like father son like it it was just really cool it was an awesome awesome environment to be a part of and then uh you know kind of through that uh heading to the olympic training center for six weeks um dan had already kind of headed back to australia and um i was rooming with tom kramer a really good stanford swimmer um, who also was kind of having some you know, some questions about his swimming career, uh, you know if he wanted to further it. And, um, the training environment was very different in the pro group. Not that it wasn't um, not that it wasn't fun or anything. It just we were a bunch of individuals making up a training squad. So we were on all different teams, um, oftentimes competing in the same events. So I think a lot of the swimmers in that group um with exceptions you know Allison Schmidt who's just a freaking angel like she's awesome she's just the best yeah always happy always like yeah good old Schmidt. um you know with few exceptions and the Turks (laughs) the the Turkish swimmers do those guys are awesome um but yeah and it, it just got very very clicky and kind of cutthroat and if you weren't at a certain level um you know, you're almost kind of looked down on, but I think it was kind of hard to let that get to me after everything I'd been through. Um, Of course, yeah. But that being said, you know, being at the Olympic Training Center for six weeks by yourself kind of – I don't know. It just – it's kind of a bummer.
0: (laughs) It gets to you. It gets to you. It it does,
1: yeah. And I'm sure, like, some people are listening, like, what do you mean? Like, you're at the Olympic Training Center with Michael Phelps like training for the Olympics, and it's like – it, yeah it's cool, but like you know, I had a girlfriend at the time back at Arizona state, and then you know when people don't really want to spend time with you and you kind of feel like you know you're forcing yourself into social situations, so you kind of take a step back and just kind of recluse a little bit, kind of you know um, you you kind of get lost in your head if you don't if you haven't been there before, so um you know, did my best to shake that off uh but I think at the time I wasn't taking my taper too seriously. I thought I really hadn't done enough, uh, considering I'd had probably six months off of swimming before joining up with Bob. Uh, and you know, showed up for trials. I was stoked. I, I believed I really had it, um, and I, I gave it everything I got. Like I, I gave that year everything, and I think just being able to say that is what's kind of given me peace of mind about the whole situation is I left everything in the pool for Rio. Um, You know, we had what, probably seven, seven or eight of the squad members from the original, probably like 14. We had anywhere from like 14 to 18 people training with us in this pro group, but to have like, you know, over half of them on the TV at Rio while we're watching with the boys is like it's so cool because you it's you're you're so stoked for them like you realize how much obviously you can't relate to actually being there but you're so stoked that they got their goal that they're in Rio de Janeiro like achieving their dream but then at the same time you're like gosh I wish I was there with them yeah of course of course of course (laughs) yeah but you know as, as you do with swimming it's on to the next season which I think I'm really blessed to kind of learn that mindset to just let it go and move forward um and then yeah, rolling on into back to college swimming, which is <laughs> very <laughs> very fun. Um, you know, got to get back into that whole team aspect of things. And uh, you know, we had a big pool full of full of full of misfits. I mean, I was one one of them too. It was kind of just a bunch of people that had transferred or like out of nowhere decided to go to ASU. I almost much like yourself I mean you're recorded by a lot of good schools and yeah um, on paper ASU is not the place but you believe in Bob's program and that's I mean that's what drew all of us there which was so fun like you know we came from all these different backgrounds and you know instead of being met with some pretty rough um you know pretty rough first week of uh traditions that uh other schools (laughs) um you know Arizona State kind of just welcomed me with open arms which was a huge like huge change I didn't expect that yeah Yeah. and especially coming from the rival school and um it was just it was so fun and then you know going through that first year was just the best we had so much momentum um you know we beat Arizona Mm -hmm. at their pool like for the first time I think it was like 30 years and just to like yeah, I'd be going through that whole year, and um, yeah, just some of the best memories, man. Being at NCAAs and just crushing records, and uh, you know, we had a really good sprint coach at the time, Ryan Mallum. I mean, I'm sure that sprint coach at ASU was great right now, don't get me wrong, but he was just like, he was like a second dad to me, and um, all of us in the sprint group kind of, we really worked well with him, and looked up to him and uh, making him proud was a really, really special memory to come from. I think we had two points with, and we were like 41st or something the the year before in 2016, that uh, 2015, 2016 season to the 2016, 2017 season, we were 10th or not 10th, no 14th. I think it was 14th. 14th, But with a hundred, with a hundred points, like, like that's a pretty damn good return on a year. Like yeah. 2 to no. 100 points. Like <laughs> huge like improvement curve. Yeah, like like Pat Park like like just by the skin of his teeth like getting some points in the 200 fly to coming back and I think he was a part of like three or four like relays that like you know we just we demolished. It was so fun.
0: <laughs> I was I was actually <laughs> just to stop for a second. I was yeah. actually at that NCAA with my brother and Are you guys you really? yeah 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 you guys were just balling out because was that oh IUPUI yeah. that year yeah. and I only I only lived like an hour away or an hour and a half and so right. I mean for for Kyle and I it was an easy easy choice I think we went for two days and oh, uh Friday, Friday Saturday I think it was maybe and uh yeah dude it was just it was just gnarly to see you guys ripping it big and especially knowing like that's where I wanted to be and yeah. uh, and to see you guys kind of putting that realization in in my mind and and into effect at least hell yeah man I mean
1: yeah to have kind of uh you know all those guys are special you know Tadis uh is like just such an awesome human being like good dude strong dude and then you know Pat Park and then like Reed Elliott who's just like he's been through some really really rough stuff with his swim career and um you know, we ended up turning it into a sixth year of eligibility by the skin of our teeth. Uh, <laughs> my, my waiver was approved probably, I think it was like a month after, or sorry, a month before classes started. And so I, I, I was working in a, in a finance company at the time, uh, who luckily was flexible on location. Um, but like, Basically drove down with like $700 in my pocket (laughs) and like, was like, I don't know how I'm going to make this year work, but uh, we're going to send it. Let's do this. I want to be there there for the team. Yeah. I want, I want that fourth NCAA is to, you know, really see if I'll I'll go pro or not. And uh, you know, that, that year was huge. It was very humbling and uh, you know, kind of learned a lot about myself and how uh, I think how to be a leader. was kind of my first introduction into being like a full on team captain because I'd always kind of filled those roles just by stepping up and volunteering for stuff. But uh, I guess I, I took that title really seriously and I wanted to you know help the team in any way I could. Um, and I wasn't perfect by any means. I, you know, I made mistakes. I, as all people do, but um, I'm very thankful that I had that kind of final year. And, even though it was kind of all out of pocket and, you know, I'm still paying for it. Like I, it's 100% worth it. Like I just, how many lifetimes do you get to train with, you know, the Olympic head coach in arguably one of the most beautiful campuses in the world? Yeah. Like
0: no arguments about it. It's, it's factual.
1: It's yeah, it's beautiful weather, like at least nine months out of the year, gets a little hot in August. Um, and then it's like you know maybe a little bit stormy in the winter but it's like totally tolerable oh yeah and then you know with 70,000 undergrads you can kind of meet new people every single day and it's not weird which is super <laughs> super fun
0: yeah yeah
1: so like um yeah and then you know I, at the end of that year it's hard to say goodbye but i i had other opportunities uh, at morgan stanley in san jose california so i i packed up right after Literally, like, straight from the – I think you remember this. From the <laughs> I reception. know. Yeah. I know. I, like, stayed in town for the, the end of the year kind of reception thing and was all packed up with my mom ready to go. And, uh, yeah, I drove overnight and started, uh, started studying for my Series 7. <laughs> it was kind of crazy, crazy fast transition. But, uh, you know, took it seriously and uh, ended up turning that opportunity into – another opportunity in Las Vegas, Nevada, uh, working with a venture capitalist uh, out there. Um, we just got to work on some really cool kind of life-changing initiatives, uh, stuff that I think people look at Vegas and don't really think they're capable of these kinds of things. But, um, you know, we had these, uh, these anaerobic digesters are what the machines are called, but essentially it's a giant kind of vat that you can dump the, uh, there's about 80 tons of food that comes off the Las Vegas Strip on a daily basis, um, just wasted from the buffets. Wow. And we, we had every casino on board except for um, except for the Cosmopolitan yeah I'm still pissed about that, but yeah. <laughs> no, no, loss, no, loss, no, no it's loss. fine yeah but we we had all of their food going into these uh anaerobic digesters, and they would produce power um and they would turn this food into soil, water, and greenhouse gas, and so we were powering the Las Vegas transportation system with greenhouse gas and putting the soil and water back in the community, and it was just like it was so huge it was such an awesome experience and got to learn so much from like some really smart people. And, uh, uh, but that's also when I learned to get everything in writing, (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) which, uh, you know, I kind of had some deals go awry, um, which is all fine. I, you know, it's kind of the way business works. You learn as you go. Um, I've kind of always adopted the mentality of fail fast, which is make, make mistakes as quickly as you can so you can learn and move forward. Um, you'll end up learning a lot more over your years, at least I believe. And then, uh, yeah, kind of when, when all of that kind of went, went sideways, I uh, came back to Santa Cruz and kind of had a, a chance to really reflect and kind of look at what I wanted my life to be about. because um, you know, I'm getting old, no, I'm kidding yeah. <laughs> um, Already like, a no, super but, senior
0: yeah exactly no, but there's there's
1: <laughs> more from a like a point where I really wanted to i want to live a life that I'm like proud of, and although I am largely proud of everything I've done so far, you know i've I've made some mistakes, and I feel like i've been giving given some really awesome physical ability gifts like you know, I, I can hop on any mountain bike and just shred down a mountain. Like, it doesn't matter what the train is. Like, I can do it and I'm not scared. And then, you know, I can jump off any cliff. Like, it, it. I just feel like I was born to do these things. Whenever I'm in it, these, like, situations where, you know, my life is in danger, but it's up to me or a trusted friend, that's when I feel most alive. And so um, that kind of... Turned me towards uh, what I'm currently doing, and that is, um, yeah, I'm, I'm currently a part of a, a very competitive military program. Um, I think I'm gonna just leave it at that um, until I have, you know, more concrete to, to share. But, you know, basically, I just get to train with um, some very awesome, capable individuals um, who know how to get anything done and that's kind of where I see my 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 path going is you know I could potentially be sticking with this for a longer period of time but just to have that mindset go even further and take that into the business world is kind of where I see my life going um but yeah and here we are you know in sunny San Diego enjoying life um you know, I get, I get paid to work out, which is so sick, you know, nice. after all these years, I'm a professional athlete. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah, man. I mean, I'm just, I'm, I'm very, very stoked on life. I'm very content with what I have now, which is something this whole experience has given me. Um, you know, when you come from not, not looking down at anybody that has plenty, but perspective is a powerful thing. Absolutely. Um, you know, I, I still remember that last month there in Arizona where, you know, I didn't have an income and I was all on student loans and I was stretching kind of this last little bit of money that I had. I had $144 to get me through the month of uh, April to that uh, award ceremony. And so I would go down to the Mongolian barbecue. Uh, I'm blanking on the name of it. I'm sure you know it though. Oh, one y, on, uh, YCs? YCs, baby. Yeah, I would just... I would. I would pack this tower of noodles and meat, get like five or six to go containers, and that was my like food for the next couple of days. And like I did that for like a month and you know, when you have that like that little um not saying like boohoo me, but like just when you when you have access to like such little you learn how to like cope and then you when you have anything more than that, you're just so grateful. So you know, I don't have the biggest, biggest, best salary right now, but I have like a bunch of people that really care about me. I have a huge opportunity and I've been taking very menial tasks that most people wouldn't step up and do very seriously. So I feel like I've gained a very, uh, kind of dependable reputation around here. Um, and am taken seriously for it, which is a huge blessing. Um, yeah, just trying to contribute all I can to this this group of individuals, and um,
0: you know we're becoming a
1: becoming a team.
0: So it's been been a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, man, that's a that's a powerful and large sentiment. I think a lot of people chase and crave in their lives, and and it's yeah. neat to see that you're at a spot and a point in your life where you have that and you see that you recognize it. And and I don't think it's um like speaking too highly or too little for understanding where you were at during that time and having that perspective in that reality like yeah you know what it is is it, it is like to live by those means um yeah whether it is still more than some in the world or a lot less than um, what you've even encountered but like nonetheless you experienced it you endured it and you came out from it and you now have that that ability and that lens if you may to know what that's like and i think that's Heck, really yeah. powerful and experiential yeah.
1: yeah it takes takes away a lot of anxiety in life knowing that you can do with so little like you can do just fine with so little and um yeah i'm just not worried at all about my future i'm very very content and uh you know content with a uh, yeah I, I can't even really say much more but the uh, <laughs> wow.
0: speechless speechless yeah
1: you know it's content fun. with the
0: current state of affairs so like, yeah yeah um, man during, sure. that's amazing I mean um, I'm in a very similar spot currently to where I'm very happy where I'm at not uh, stages of life of, of course but um, sure. I mean of, of all times during COVID during this little I guess pandemic we have uh, not yeah. little, not little, I don't want to be little of this, but pandemic, um, yeah. to hear, hear people say that, have your sentiments is, um, awe-inspiring to me. I think that's, that's in- incredible. Um, I think it's not too hard to really realize, but not a lot of people are during this time. And, uh, to hear a positive light and a realistic light in the realm of all this going on right now is huge, is huge. Um,
1: so um, there's appreciated about you at least.
0: Yeah, of course. <laughs> if nothing else, I I got. It. <laughs> I got you, brother. <laughs> um, of course. Um, so there's a lot, lot, lot said, and so yeah. kind of took some notes along the way, and I kind of want to unpack it as we go along. Um, yeah, man. So 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 tracking back, um, you kind of spoke on something that I think is a very um, what's something that I've kind of formed over my years is that swimming is a very individual individual sport wrapped in a team atmosphere is what I like yeah, to say. And, most definitely. and I think you hit that perfectly on the head where it is a team sport, but you really have to care for yourself to maximize the team. And, yes. and I think that's something that my freshman year, um, was one of the many, many tools that I gained from you and the captains, uh, all of you guys, Pat, Christian, Reed, yourself, um, in each of your own unique ways. Um, but when we started talking about your second year of college, you said you really ramped up the, really ramped up the training for you and your experience thus far in athletics. And so for swimming, would you say that is more, swimming is more brute force and, and strength, or would you say it is more catering to your artistic side, more of an art and a very technical uh, form of fluidity?
1: I think, swimming is such kind of a ballet so it's you you kind of have this like base strength sort of thing going on but I mean you can put the biggest most jacked dude in the water um and he's not going to go anywhere unless he can feel the water and that that's like one of the biggest secrets uh Matt Grieber's actually told me that at U of A I was like frustrated after my freshman year I mean you know listen to me frustrated I made NCAA as a freshman like it's pretty sick but um you know, I, I still remember looking down at finals going on and I was like, I was like, dude, like, what am I missing? Cause like, he was like a good friend at the time and he still is. He's still, he's just such an awesome dude. Him and his wife, Annie and yeah. both great people. Um, but I was like, dude, like, what am I missing? I was like, like, what, like I want to be there next year. Like, what is going to get me there? And he's like, dude, every stroke of every practice, feel the water. And that just stuck with me. It's like, it's so true. Unless you're pulling water, you're just fighting it. So like, Yes, step up your strength, but do it in like a in a healthy manner. Don't just break yourself down into a hole. I think we get so comfortable being just sore and broken at the end of the week that, uh, at least for myself, I found myself not fully recovering. And if I wasn't feeling sore, I felt like I hadn't worked hard.
0: Yeah. On um, yeah.
1: certain days, you need to let your body recover all the way so that you can then re-micro-tear everything and let your body do that process over again uh I think when you're skipping steps and you know despite your coach's best efforts, you decide to take a you know a, a more meant to be mellow set and just <laughs> just destroy it yeah just yeah just send it there like know, yeah, but uh when you're doing that, it can be detrimental uh and So, yeah, I think there's a huge, like, mental side of swimming and just what comes from waking up and hopping in the pool when it's freezing cold out, and you just – that's the last place you want to be. Last place. Yeah, and you just – you know, you have to sprint that first, like, 300 to even get, like, remotely warm. (laughs)
0: Brutal.
1: Brutal. You know what it is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, listen to us, us cold in Arizona, but, (laughs) you know – yeah I can only imagine for our, our snowbound people who have to walk to the pool deck in minus conditions that's just well they get an indoor I facility it. They, they get an oh, indoor tour. facility so, oh, yeah. I mean, must be easy then yeah must be, must easy. be nice yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah um but yeah I don't know I'd, I'd say it's definitely more of an art though if you had to pick one or the other because yeah. uh if you look at like like Nathan Adrian is like the powerhouse. Like he's so strong. He does these crazy strength feats. And yet Anthony Irvin still got him on the 50. And don't get me wrong. Like Nathan Adrian is a fantastic athlete. And that race was so close. But I mean, Anthony Irvin on paper, strength wise, if you're just looking at the numbers, <laughs> you know, it's, it's no, no contest, but
0: yeah, I and mean, Anthony
1: not- Irvin just got on top of the water and pulled it, pulled himself through it. Like it's, it was just really fun to watch. So I think that's the best-sided example for my response.
0: Yeah, I, I think that's great. I I vividly remember um, the sentiment about Mac Rivers that Andrew just just spoke about. There was a day in practice, my freshman year, we were kicking next to each other, and <laughs> um, vividly remember uttering almost the same exact words of just every time because I think we had just had it was like a Wednesday or something. We had just gone off the blocks. Um it was in yeah. practice and I was acting like it was NCAA finals <laughs> you probably wanted to punch me in the face because you're just like not even this, I this, loved it. This kid doesn't even know yet. But you did take like take me side by side and we were just kind of working through it and you're like, hey, like every every stroke in practice or like especially in like warm-up, just learn to feel the water and learn learn that art and like you said, that ballet of yeah. of knowing where your body's at and how to connect it properly. And that's something I never really like thought of. Like, I mean, I've always heard of feel the water and, and be one with the water or whatnot. Mm-hmm. But um, I, that, that sentiment was a, the exact thing I was thinking of when I, when I wrote down the question after, after hearing you, you talk about Heck it. Yeah, so man. I'm glad that, glad that it yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's yeah, still, it uh, still applies. I think and a lot of, th- a lot of stuff, but definitely still applies to me. Uh, yeah. I can't take
1: credit, credit for the advice, but uh, you know, it's certainly a tool I've used in everything in life. You kind of just have to feel your way through it. So yeah. It's, yeah.
0: Going into another, another sentiment that I've had to, I guess, anecdotally experience. I think everyone does to fully understand it. But um, when you had that, that um, B final win, I think you said at, at pack 12s that really sparked like, yeah. like, the team along. Um, yeah. And you said you had had done all this training and and to an unhealthy level, was that in a way counterintuitively like validation for that training? So it kind of made you think, okay, well, I guess it's working now. So I got to step it up or even keep going with that.
1: It was, it it certainly was, but to almost an unhealthy level because um, I'd pushed myself so far beyond what... The other teammates were doing and the other teammates were still seeing success and you know i i hate using this argument for myself because i really i don't consider this an excuse for myself but i am five nine and so for to be up against people that are six two six three i realize they have an advantage on me i realize that now um that didn't stop me from racing them because dude let's go like, yeah, of <laughs> yeah. but but uh it, that being said like at the time when I was pushing myself so much further than these six foot athletes in my, my sophomore mind, I'm going, okay, well, like, I just stepped it up so much to where like, I was just killing myself every day. Like I just, I lived, breathed, ate swimming. Like it was, it was practice, nap, practice, sleep. Like that was my routine. So how do you step it up from that? And so I don't think there is a way to, linearly step up your training every year because that's not the way it works I think there is a huge element of training smarter not harder Um, and that's that's something that was taught to me by you know coaches later in my career like Ryan Malum and like uh, uh, you know like Bob basically just to say like no look like today we're not going to do as much or today I just need you to chill like Ryan would tell me that. He's like dude just 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 chill. Like just yeah. just stop. Stop. Like <laughs> and it was funny too cuz he was, you know, he's like a second second father to me. Um But yeah, I kind of forgot where I was going with this. But yeah, that oh yeah, I know where I was going. Um There it is. Just the yeah. <laughs> yeah, I I think it was validation for how much you can put into it, but it really brought my perspective to like a whole new level of what I was capable of physically. So my body had adapted to this level of training that got me to a time that I had no business swimming. Because um, I'm, I'm not a talented swimmer, I wouldn't say. i say I've, I've, pre, I've worked pretty hard to get to where I was at. Um, I think my, my talent, I still remember having a conversation with my pre-senior coach when I was 12, and she said, you know, at some point talent runs out and you have to start working hard. And that was like the, the day the lights switched of, like, yeah, like, I've gotten by this far because it just happened because I was just racing people, but now I really need to buckle down, focus on technique, and, like, make some serious changes if I want to go somewhere in the sport. Um, Wow,
0: 12 years old having that actualization. Nice. I I know, man. I know. super weird.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, like, you can picture a little Rick and Morty expanding in the mind. It's like, (laughs) (laughs) yeah. But, yeah, no, it was cool. It was cool. She's she's an awesome coach. Jeannie Malik. Legend. <laughs> Sounds like it.
0: Sounds like it if she's if she's preaching that to twelve year olds. I mean, my, yeah. my goodness. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. But that's a that's a that's a great sentiment. I, I mean, I think I'm learning it um I mean tenfold in the last year. I, I've been on my waiver year for this, for this kind of push towards the the Olympic trials and the Olympic goal, like you've uh, stated as well. Um, yeah, sure which that. side note,
1: I'm so glad the NCAA is doing that for you guys. Like, yeah. as a person who wants to hit all or who wanted to hit all four NCAAs, that's so important. So I'm yeah. glad you got that. But Thank yeah, please you. Yeah.
0: continue. Yeah. No, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and, I, and I've been very fortunate to that. And, and luckily, it, it served another benefit um, because of the COVID incidences. Unfortunately, not a lot of the, well, no one got to. Share their championship season to its fullest. No one right. got to compete at NCAA's, and uh, for whatever reason, the NCAA has determined that uh, swimming is not a sport that falls under the criteria of being able to get receive their year back. So, any eligibility that you use this year um, for anyone who got to the invited to the meet um, and didn't get to swim will not receive that eligibility back in their whole year. No years. way. But yeah, that's man. news to me right now. Yeah, that's a. It's pretty crazy. I mean, sports like basketball also fall under that. They didn't have their March Madness bracket. Um, I mean, football was finished. Winter's yeah. um, fall sports were finished, obviously. But um, mm. even though swimming starts in, like you said, August with school for us um, voluntarily, yeah. but um, that's what I'm saying. Yes, yeah, voluntarily. Goes, yeah, air quotes. <laughs> huge air quotes. But goes all the way until. I mean. The end of March. Um, yeah. I mean it. It it's, It it spans three different seasons. So yeah, it's a I
1: respectable mean, commitment.
0: <laughs> yeah, to 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 me and, and the summer we're still training. Like that's that's the Olympic yeah. season. So, yeah. um, I mean in my mind, if anything, I I can see the argument for a winter sport, of course, for college. But, I mean, to me, the sport happens when you're performing at your peak. And I see our spring performances are our championship season. And so that was that was a little frustrating to see. Like, obviously, you spoke to it. Like, your friends, your teammates, your your peers kind of have to endure that and go through it. And, I mean, like, Pody, Zachary Pody, yeah. like, his career ended not yeah. getting to swim at NCAAs.
1: Um, I know. And how painful is that to just have – I mean, it, don't get me wrong. Pody has had an amazing – amazing career but just to have this like taken out of your hands and for the NCAA to just you know just like yeah "Yeah, good luck (laughs) see you later yeah
0: sniff it off just all right guys see ya
1: yeah and granted swimming isn't a huge money-making sport but however comma no uh (laughs) (laughs) you know like yeah like that that's that's unfortunate you know I'm not gonna change that decision right now on this podcast but if I were in charge, I would definitely want to at least give them the opportunity to go to school for another year. Yes, yeah. it's kind of unfortunate, but
0: yeah, I had yeah. I had the people's guess, careers
1: are at stake, so you know we can't we can't abide by logic or uh, data. You know, God, our careers
0: are, we have to overreact. God forbid, come on, Grant. God forbid. Yeah, yeah be rational, Grant. Dang it. Uh, yeah, geez, come on. I mean, my my master plan was just. I hate to say it, but I mean survival of the fittest, it's like if you qualified for the tournament, you get another year. The NCAA meet. If you didn't oh, dude,
1: that'd be so sick.
0: If you didn't, like, sorry, see ya, like you didn't you weren't good enough to get there in the first place. So what? <laughs> like it sounds oh, cutthroat, but No,
1: no, I agree.
0: Financially it'd be the most responsible. Logistically it'd be the most responsible. So like you said, I was trying to think logically through yeah. this. Um yeah. but
1: or hell let's let's find a 16 lane uh 50 meter, or yeah 16 lane 25 meter pool or a 25 yard pool and uh you know hit this ncaa's double wide dude
0: two years of qualifiers qualifiers <laughs> <laughs> gosh that would be something that's a new one i i, that I support so sick. that i support yeah, yeah. that i back that yeah. completely yeah everybody
1: from the two years let's do this it's a let's do battle
0: <laughs> and uh yeah and absolutely and i think going Kind of arcing back to what we were were mentioning is that the training load is, is I also another sentiment to the Andrew Porter, Porter lore and legend for that that I carry with me is, is still, still on on my phone today. Um, A lesson, I don't know if you specifically took, took me into the devil room and and told me and showed me, or if it was like kind of a general lesson for anyone listening, but Mm -hmm. It was basically these graphs that you you put up on a whiteboard, and it was for like energy output, nutrition, and oh, yeah. like focus and attention and it was basically like here's what the ideal is for like you grant and it's like an arrow that goes on the top of the charts like every way and it's yeah. like here here's the reality, and it's like a basically the antithesis of that, like the opposite line yeah it just it just drops every day, yeah there's, there's just some adjustments, yeah yeah, and so basically you're talking about um, Like, like you said, that quantity and that quality of training has to be in balance. So some days yes. you're going to be able to go, and that you're going to go max that out, and then other days you're going to have to maintain. Some days you're going to break down, and then you're going to have to bring yourself back up, nutrition, sleep, and then you're going to be able to perform again. And it's almost just like a, a gradual step ladder um, throughout yeah. your week of, of performing, maintaining, performing, maintaining, um, and then recovering. That I'd really never. I guess being so young, you don't have too much to break down, I guess, per se. Um, but when I got to college, I mean, I was one, lifting regularly yeah. for the first time. That's a lot of breakdown and muscle gaining. Um, yeah, and our
1: lifting program was no joke. We got after it.
0: Yeah, that especially, especially when you were in the weight room. Uh, there, was no, <laughs> there, there was no slacking off around you. So, um, but, but yeah, it was just a, it was a novel concept at the time. I, I know one of my, I think I might've shared it with Pat's podcast, but, um, okay. the sentiment that Pat always talks about is there was one day we walked in and did like 10, 100s warm up on, it was like week one or week two on like one, oh, one minute and 30 second base. And so for reference for people Normally like in warm up you're going probably like 120, 115, and then for the first two or three and then and then starting to like work your way into a little bit more aggressive pace. Yeah, yeah I think it was one fifteen. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I uh I think I dove in and just started ripping 50 points. And <laughs> and and you guys looked at me and you like made me stop after number three and you're like calm down. And I know That's Pat so you man, That's I, so funny. <laughs> I know Pat had a conversation with me and you did too. And you're like, all right, like we get it, you wanna try hard, but calm down. Like this is warm up. <laughs> we got a main set later and you're gonna run yourself <sighs> into the ground. And I mean, I listened. I don't yeah. I don't know if I applied it immediately. But, no, I understand, man. I was there freshman year. You're stoked. But yeah, it's it's hard, and I think you need that energy. And and sometimes, like you said, just to to let it go. But I mean, there's a time and a place. <laughs> I don't think yeah. I don't think warm up on a Thursday afternoon <laughs> is going to be the place to do it. Um, especially no, that, that's where seasons are won, Grant. <laughs> the that's warm of the ups and warm downs, baby. <laughs> yeah, you you entered here first,
1: folks. Yeah, um, man, we don't mess around. Yeah, but I guess uh, that was ahead. a sentiment. No, yeah, so I was just gonna say that was a sentiment from Jal Smith, actually, I had, I had to be told to calm down. That's why I saw myself and you like, it, you know, you're, you're just an animal like, and you care. Like, that's the coolest part. Like you have like a genuine belief that you can truly help the team. And you can truly drop like massive time this year. And that, like, belief is so powerful, but you just have to channel it in a smart way. That's all yeah, it is. I,
0: yeah. I mean, great shout-out there, Giles. I mean, I've had um, – yeah, Giles, if Giles, Giles Smith, listens legend. to this, I don't know, yeah. But <laughs>
1: yeah. I,
0: I ran into that guy <laughs> and this summer and before nice. I went to – I think it was World University Games. And the last yeah. words he said to me were, was, um, go get gold, go get, go get some medals um, for the there U.S., it sounds um, like Giles,
1: man. Yeah, a and
0: and he was on his way to some clinic or whatnot. and I was like, that's like the perfect combo of like just everything I think think of when I when I see him. And this year, I've had the opportunity to train with him, um, him, Brad Tandy. That's sick. So some of your oh the Tandy man, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, Miss Brad, that um, awesome. Yeah, and uh, so big shout out. Tandy shows. man,
1: can. <laughs>
0: <laughs> true, a true brew. So yeah. uh, big shout yeah. out to you guys. Yeah. But that's Go something ahead. that as as sprinters. Um, it's a novel concept to me sometimes, but that they value performance so much more. They train hard. Don't get me wrong. Like they're animals. Um, but they, they value the performance and the quality so much more than the quantity or the amount of of base or work needed. They, they know they respect it and they acknowledge it, but they, they taught me how much to value it. Like I remember there was a day. I was racing Brad, and I think a fifty or a hundred or something.
1: And oh, yeah, so yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You're, yeah. you're <laughs> laughing
0: at me. It's okay. It was it was laughable the first time. Um, no, it's okay. I'm glad you stood, stood up to him. Yeah, but we. I think he went like a.
1: Oh, man, it was. Let me guess. Eight? No, probably nineteen one.
0: Um, that was. Oh, this is long course. This is long course. Yeah.
1: Oh, so twenty probably twenty three nine. Probably twenty three eight something like no that. No way. That's way oh, okay. too
0: generous. That's way too. That's or that's. I don't even know what "generous" should be the right word, but yeah. Um, okay. Brad ripped. It was like a twenty two two. Oh my gosh! Like in practice, did. and this if not faster, and it was absurd. And, uh, and mean, meanwhile, I think I went like a twenty three three, which yeah. at the time was also a best time for me. So I was stoked. But no, I, I mean, was that's like a
1: fantastic time.
0: But I was like, wow! Like I have. It was just a perspective thing. And I guess before I go, I guess I'll finish that later. But the perspective thing was, I don't even know how yet to go that capacity. Dude, right? And he has it. Yeah. And he gets it. And And he just has
1: it. I mean, don't get me wrong. He's doing the prep. But, like, that dude will step up, like, in practice on a short course pool and hit an 18 second.
0: Oh, yeah. Like,
1: like any day of the week too yeah and it's like it's so sick and it's you you come to find out later on that he's doing everything right like and i think the the little like cross section for training in terms of like anywhere from distance to mid-distance to sprint i know there's everything in between but just to break it down to those yeah easy like parts you know at distance you have to be like just mobbing yardage like you are just like like doing 10K workouts, like just, you know, like literally doing like 100K weeks for months to have the aerobic capacity to then turn that over to like a 1430, 1650. And then you go further into like the 500 and 200, and you don't have to do that, nor should you. But then you go into sprint, and you don't have to work that hard altogether. Like you just have to develop your fast twitch. And that's something I didn't understand because I had a, I mean, my freshman year I swam the thousand free 400 IM and 200 fly at every single day, And then somehow yeah. managed to come around and be a hundred flyer, you know, like, but yeah, at first I was like, okay, like I'm just going to work harder than everybody else. And it's like, no, it's not the way it works. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Yeah. But Tandy's, it- Tandy's awesome.
0: And it's, and it's, yeah, I mean, it was great. I got to finish the story because I got to give myself, oh, sorry. I got to no, give myself a little play. No, 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 no. This is unnecessary, yeah, yeah. but That's I'm going to have, right. I just have to put this out. No, so fly. we go, we go on for, I think it's 650s. And, mm-hmm. and so Brad kind of falls off a little bit there at, at sure. the end. At the end. And basically yeah. my differential from number one to number two is never gets fast or, or I mean, it gets like hundreds faster but it doesn't get any slower. And yeah. that was just like a crazy day. Like Brad had gone from a 22, one or two. Um, and he, I mean, I'm not trying to bag on him, but he like had gone to like a 26 high or 27. And, and, <laughs> yeah. His windmill stroke can't survive. <laughs> and that's just like his, his range there. Like that's how it progressed. But for yeah. me, like, uh, I just like kept hitting that mark time and time and time again. Oh, and, that's and that's when the, like the realization came, it was like, wow, like, how much the performance like if that's a like if that's an olympic final or semi-final he's advancing i'm definitely not
1: yeah like it doesn't
0: it, it doesn't matter how many times like the fourth fifth or sixth is i mean overall yes there's build up but in sure. that moment of the actual race i mean in an international setting sometimes you're getting a prelim semi-final final but for yeah. american most competitions it's prelims finals can you remember well, yeah, in there two times I'm-
1: yeah and they're like hours apart too, so you have a fully chance to recover, so like yeah, you could hold twenty threes all day long, but it doesn't matter because you're not going to finals yeah so like that it's it's so interesting like that's the whole game of swimming and like having that that extra level to like and that was that was what was always so fun about watching Michael swim is like he could just bring it out whenever he wanted because he was so so competitive, he just operated from this like more than a belief, it was like a conviction that, like, no, I am better, I am smarter than any of these swimmers. I've done the work, and I'm gonna beat <laughs> you.
0: Yeah. So from that that sentiment, when you talked about finally getting to train as a peer, as um, alongside lane by lane with um, MP and Michael and and numerous yeah. others, Schmidty as well, Tom Kremer. Um, yeah. With MP obviously being the athlete that he is, um, the swimmer that he is, especially. Um, was that, obviously that pushed you, but was that ever intimidating for you to be with such a high caliber athlete um, and, and being in, in your status, not to belittle you, but no, I mean, not he is the, I mean, yeah. the highest, the, the most, win, the winningest Olympic athlete of all time, not just in swimming, but yeah, of all, of all time. And that's that's yeah. daunting sometimes to, I think about training next year. I never got to, unfortunately, train with him. I would have loved to. Um, yeah. So, yeah, he was an animal. If there's ever a comeback, MP, bring it on yeah. back to Mona. I love, love it. But no,
1: no, um, he knew about Rona, so he had to get out. <laughs> not, not he, had to make number, he had to make number five, Rayo. Right. He knew. He That's knew. Right. Yeah, he knew it. Yeah. No, uh, <laughs> um, no, I mean, it was just, it was so fun to like know that there's nobody else in the world working smarter than he was i mean he had you know keenan robinson who's arguably probably one of the best physical trainers in the game of swimming uh you know obviously handpicked by michael so it, it was specifically for michael i'm not saying there aren't good there aren't better for other people out there but for our squad um who largely were built like michael Keenan was the best guy for the job. So to have the top guy for the job, to have the top coach for the job, and like arguably one of the best like environments, facilities, and weather, it was just very comforting to know that we were doing everything we possibly could. Um and then I think just that first time walking in to the room where we all changed, because at the time we would set up in the devil room. Um, and you know, all the whole pro team would kind of locker room there. Um, I just kind of hung with my friend, which was Tom Kramer, like just somebody I'd grown up swimming with since I was like, geez, I think we were probably like seven, like just longtime friend and, um, kind of his, like kind of shrugging it off really kind of like made me realize like, oh yeah. Okay. At this point, like he is somebody to race like, yeah, he's this, like, big cat, and, like, he's the biggest fish in our pond, but that doesn't mean I can't race him every day, and, like, you know, I really genuinely believed I could get my times down to the 51 barrier uh, for the 100 fly, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. It was just so fun to watch Michael. Um, I It was fun even when you were in his warpath, but especially uh-huh. when you weren't, um, you know, I, I I beat him in a couple of these uh we used to kick on her back for like thirty seconds, uh like hands on the wall, do a backflip and then do like a twenty five underwater.
0: Oh that and every,
1: brutal. That oh yeah, those, those bury me. Yeah, no, they're they're rough, but like that's my game. That's like underwaters and that's Michael's game too. So um I would get him like every now and then, but then to watch just just watch that competitive edge just light up just like like he's the king. Like, I'm not talking bad about him at all, but like just how much it would get to him. And he would just, he just hated losing. Like, yeah. And this was a little thing in practice. I'm sure he wasn't even going a hundred percent, but the fact that I just touched the wall first, just watching him, watching that happen with me and other swimmers and just the insane, insane, gasoline pouring this dumpster fire that he had inside of him was just it was so cool to watch um and to like see the interactions between him and bob bowman and just how how different their relationship was to what you'd believe or see on tv um was really special to kind of see the inside and humanity of that whole operation like it wasn't this perfect Michael wasn't this perfect robot that did everything that Bob said and Bob wasn't this perfect coach that believed everything that Michael said. Like they yeah. were working together with their own beliefs and they brought it together. And like they you know, they both knew that, you know, Michael wasn't gonna leave Bob and Bob definitely wasn't gonna leave Michael, as spicy as certain moments got.
0: Yeah,
1: and like it, it was just cool that like no matter what, like, even if they had some big blow up like on the pool deck they would always come back together and like let it go and move forward for the goal and that was that was just really cool it was a really like valuable lesson Um, kind of just coming from a town where like everybody's really accepting and kind of you know surfer culture um, I didn't really witness a lot of like confrontations like that and so yeah. That's something I would have dwelled with and identified with for a long period of time, but it was unreal to see them show up at the next practice and act like nothing happened. It's still it was cool. it's it's just, unreal to
0: me. Yeah. Oh, it's
1: I, it's no, it's amazing. It was it was nuts to witness, but like at the same time, you're like, well, dude, I mean, he's the best. So yeah, <laughs> it works.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, it was it was a total blessing to be around such a high caliber of just function and in, in every way um, even if some of the the methodology wasn't always what you'd think it was
0: yeah so. fair enough for being present in that in that short-term memory if you may just uh, leaving things where they're at and then moving on to the next one is definitely a, a skill and, and takes time to ironically yeah. takes time to acquire
1: yeah and you, you can't be dwelling on your last workout even though you had a tough one or even your last swim like sure. I remember, we did. We used to do repeats of you know whatever We did like three races. I remember we used to do that stuff on yeah, yeah, yeah. like Wednesdays or something. And yeah, I'd have some race that wasn't up to par, and I'm not an in-season swimmer, so I'd get pretty frustrated. And then you know, I, you or Pat or Reed would just be like, come on, man. Like let's just let's go again. You know, like like it's fine. Like you, you're gonna be fine. Don't worry about it. Yeah, yeah, you're yeah. right. I was fine. Just had to. Go start warming down, because even though I hate warm down.
0: <laughs> it's a necessary it's so evil, bored,
1: man. Yeah, exactly. I know. I need
0: some waterproof
1: headphones for warm down. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah,
0: dude. My, my dad back in the day, he uh, not back in the day, but um, <laughs> no, I get like, what you're saying when I was uh, like, I mean, this was fifteen years ago, maybe fifteen mm-hmm. or whatnot. When I was just a little, a little guppy. um, <laughs> he had like underwater speakers for the high school team. I thought that was the coolest Sick. thing ever. Oh, it was so cool. Um, yeah. It's
1: amazing but, how clear the sound is on those things too. I know, but, right? Yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah, Um, So transitioning from, from that, I there's definitely some aspects I want to hit, but I think that's, I mean, that's gotta be for a later time. There's, there's just so much depth that we could cover. Um, But I kind of want to turn man. it into, into some more lighthearted, some more yeah. fun and, and sure enjoyable are. stuff. So, kind of kind of get things rolling i got a couple rapid fire questions for you yeah man Hit me. all right so uh it's just gonna be four but the first one is buzz cut or mullet
1: Ooh, that's a tough one well i think considering the program i'm in oh it'd be hilarious to show up with a mullet <laughs> i sure mullet mullet it is wow there we go power <laughs> in the hair i like it
0: I like it. Majestic um, flow. Yeah, Amen. Amen. Yeah. Um, all right. What's the best ocean? Ooh, it's a good one. Um,
1: honestly, so I've never been there, but I've only seen pictures. The Mediterranean Ocean looks beautiful. Right. It looks like it looks like like just a piece of like emerald. Like you Dang. can just dive in. Yeah. And, yeah like yeah, it's yeah. super clear. But I mean, if I am repping the you know, the hometown, gotta say the Pacific, we got some pretty good waves up north. Yeah. Thought you were going to go with your boy
0: there. Yeah. <laughs> um, So that goes in the next one. Um, SoCal or NorCal?
1: Dang. That's tough because I now live in SoCal. <laughs>
0: um, honestly,
1: I would say SoCal has a, such a, a has had such a positive impact in my life. Um, and not to say that NorCal doesn't have positives, but at least the area that I was exposed to in NorCal, um, just just due to the pricing, has kind of become a lot of either really well-established older families or just people who are happy working their nine-to-five, bumming it, and like surfing every day, which is so sick, like not not looking down on that. But for me personally, I wanted something a little bit different in life. So I think SoCal kind of more fits my bill now. There's kind of more of an array of, of uh, economic standing and families uh, and kind of peers. That's been kind of a really healthy change down here. Um, That's awesome. Every, everybody's super friendly in both areas. Don't get me wrong. But at least for this point in my life, I got to say SoCal.
0: Yeah, that's really cool that both both regions have been so advantageous for you at different parts of your life, I think.
1: Heck yeah. Extremely, extremely instrumental.
0: Um favorite outdoor activity. You mentioned a lot on extreme sports, but what would what's your favorite outdoor activity?
1: <laughs> oh man, just just being on slash in anything with a motor that I can just just give the beans just <laughs> just <laughs> smash that accelerator to the floor or rip it and just see what this thing's capable of it feels it's hard to describe like i think i spent so much time on my mountain bike growing up that being on two wheels is so natural and then moving into motorcycles i didn't have to think about like the balance or the leaning mm-hmm. or anything cuz it's just you do the same thing and now like shifting and throttle work is so natural as well that it's the machine almost becomes like a part of you and you're like almost like dancing on top of this crazy powerful machine. And it's, yeah. it's just so fun. It's so fun. So yeah, I'd say motorsports for
0: sure. if <laughs> I had to pick one. Nice. Fair enough. Fair enough. I, I figured it was going towards that, but I didn't know. Didn't know. Yeah. <laughs> um, if you were going to be like wingsuiting out here or something anytime soon. Oh, there's uh, Andrew.
1: <laughs> I will be doing that in the future again. There we too. go. Gosh. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. That's, that's gnarly, man. Yeah, um man. All right, so now into into our typical segments. Um, We got first up is uh, hot takes. So I kind of preface this with you via text, Uh, basically something that's making you frustrated, grinding your gears, if you may. (laughs) You don't know what
1: grinds my gears.
0: (laughs) (laughs) What, Peter Griffin?
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly.
0: Um, So I can go first, or you can if you want. um, If you need maybe a better frame of reference, but uh, which would you prefer?
1: Oh, no you're good. I just I'd honestly like to hear what you have to say. I, All right, I'm so interested.
0: Yeah, so What's been your gears lately. I guess mine is um, so I, I've been training with uh, Peyton Sorensen. He okay. is a member of our of the Sprint Sprint group and Pro Group at ASU this past year. He joined in mm-hmm. late fall, and uh-huh. um, he opened up like his home gym facility during this quarantine phase for for me to come. Um, so very great, grateful for that huge shout out to paid, but I wanted to kind of, you know, my mentality, we talked about it. I wanted to get a little extra work in and, yeah. uh, so I decided instead of to drive this 10, 11 minute drive, um, I was going to bike it. I got a nice, I got a nice Sick. 20 speed bike or 20 gear bike. And, um, well, you I got 19 co-
1: more than I do. Yeah,
0: dude, I know. <laughs> and, uh, and I can crush some miles pretty quick on it and, and it's good work. So I was like, you know what? I'll I'll just start biking the distance to and from totals up like it's like twelve miles biking that's like it's like t- roughly twelve so it's like twenty five give or take a couple point point one point two miles um, on the day if I bike there and then bike back um, and yeah. it's about I think I've had three encounters two that have been really bad but dude I I track it on this app called Strava and yeah last Damn. week last week, incredibly handy, huge shout out to Strava, but yeah. um, I've been chased by two packs of dogs
1: <laughs> in back
0: to back weeks. And if you could, if I had this on film, I would send it to you just for how much of hilarity and comedy no, really no if way. you'd get out of this. So the first, the first <laughs> time, as some people know, I do these IGTVs on social media and I kind of explain the situation, but quick summary, last week, I went down this one street right outside the house and was pursued by eight different types of dogs. Um, It was almost like a video game. It was like two from my right, three from my left, one from my right. And then like finally two more um, at the end. And at the end it was this great Dane and this German shepherd and this German shepherd was just not like, like chomping at my right leg and just barking at me. And so I'm, I'm like 95 capacity, like percent effort. Like I'm almost tapped out. I probably have yeah. a lower level like at it. At, that's it. And eventually I get away, but I'm in full adrenaline rush. I am like freaking out, like, Holy crap. And this is like a mile long chase, um, over the whole series thing. And like the last part, like point twenty, like point 0.25 miles, a quarter mile. And so, um, Finally at the end, like I checked Strava at the end of the day and I'd gone up to thirty-five miles per hour on my bike on a flat, <laughs> on just a straight flat. And this dog was not like it was keeping up right beside me. I was oh dumbfounded. So then the yeah, next you week. A bike. Yeah, yeah. So then the next week, I um, just just this week actually, I um I took a different route. I was like, all right, like I'll I'll avoid that, you know, skip it. Yeah. And so weird. I haven't I haven't had any had any encounters um thus far taking this route. And I was like, oh, this would be great now that I know that this one's here. And so I'm like 75% down the road. And yeah, just when I'm like, oh like I'm pretty good, like it's all it's all right. Um I'm I'm moving at a pretty good clip because it's still the same environment I'm in, kind of, but yeah. All of a sudden, I just hear one dog go, and I'm and I like just I'm like oh god, and I start like kind of pedaling, and then all of a sudden I look to my right, and there's six dogs at one house,
1: oh, and
0: and luckily it's not a crazy pursuit, but I just yeah. see all of them bolt from the right, and they're just going damn, at me, man. and I was like luckily I was already moving a lot faster than I was the week before, but um, they didn't chase as long either, but uh, that was uh, not. That was wow. not fun either. Um, so yes, I guess
1: that will that'll teach you to spick, uh, pick up steak on the way home from your workout from home. Yeah, I guess <laughs> I guess so.
0: My brother thought about my brother suggested I just carry treats with me and so like if they chase me I just throw. Them. And I was like That's why smart. Would... I mean it's... okay, hold on. So I thought so too and then I was like well, wait a second, why would I reward them for ch- like chasing me uh-huh. every every time I come down the road they're just going to be like oh Sick treats. It's the treat guy. If We make him scared enough. He'll give us treats. It's the white guy on a on a bike. He's gonna give us treats.
1: I do think Um, that's the smarter uh, smarter analysis of that situation. I'm just
0: trying to find different routes out here now.
1: But there you go.
0: My hot take is: if you're a dog owner, get a fence, like, or put it in the house or something, or just don't train your dog to want to attack someone. Yeah, Um, I think eight eight attack dogs is a little over the top. Yeah, man. And it was like it was. Yeah, it was. It was it was scary. It was scary for yeah.
1: sure. It's hilarious because you got away. But yeah, that is scary. It is very <laughs> hilarious that I got away. <laughs> yes, and, and I acknowledge that fully. Yeah, man. Dang. Well, okay. That's that's a good one, then. Um, dang. I think for me, um, honestly, what's it? So it doesn't get to me. I'm I'm actually like, I've become a lot more grounded over the past few years. So I don't really let other people's moods affect me too much. Um, but I've just seen a lot of like angry people out there lately and I think it's a result of a lot of misinformation that's been spread which is pretty sad um, but you know without getting all political on everybody like you know COVID deaths are around 90,000 in the U.S. Uh, and our total population is 300 million so we're looking at a very small number of people that this morbidly affects, and I think it's just making people scared because they just hear this big death number. Um, I had kind of a run-in with a lady at uh, this Osageville place. Uh, Shout-out to her schools, um, <laughs> and uh, like basically walked in to this, you know, line. We're all six feet apart. Um, <laughs> where this couple like walked in they hadn't been wearing masks and this lady was just absolutely giving it to him for not wearing wow. a mask and it was just like kind of shocking like she was just obviously just really angry and um you know just walking in that situation thinking you know okay like maybe if you had been like excuse me like you know i kind of feel a little like in danger here with you not wearing a mask would you please mind wearing a mask next time versus just like blow up and because that never solves anything and then she, like after the guy had left her uh she basically told the ladies behind the counter um you know i'm gonna need the number for management because if you guys aren't gonna enforce the rule then i'm gonna have to find somebody who will wow and yeah and at this point oh i spoke God. up i couldn't i couldn't help it i was just like i was like like excuse me like can we please just like move on like we all just want to get some food, you know, whatever. And she goes, she goes, mind your own business. And she, you know, <laughs> called me some bleep bleepity words that are not child friendly. And, uh, I just kind of laughed, you know, cause it's whatever. I'm she's probably having a rough day. I, I get it. But, um, yeah, she like paid for her bowl. And then, uh, as I'm ordering, she like, like, like 180 turned, took like a dead stare at me. And like started walking at me, like expecting me to move out of her way. And I just stood there with a smile and didn't move at all. And she had to like go around me and she goes, she goes, mind your own business. And, you know, she's like, she like called me another explicitive and, uh, I was like, yeah, you have a great day too. And and I just kind of moved on. But yeah, like, I guess what grinds my gears is that people have a choice every day when they wake up, um and it's to go out and it's to make people's day worse, or they can go out and make people's day better. And I guess with everybody's days pretty attacked by a lot of kind of stuff out of their control. I think we should all kind of band together to make each other's days a little bit better um, than worse, so. Yeah, that was an isolated on. incident but you know just my two cents hey hey that's what <laughs> don't this... be scared we're gonna get through those people hey it's we need to okay. hear that. that
0: that's that's yeah. good good sentiment andrew appreciate it. You. it appreciate that no problem um so moving on to the next one is you like that 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 you like that, you like that. so basically yeah. the second the, basically the opposite of what we just talked about. Oh, um, cool! So okay. any, anything you, you enjoy or like in your in your day, or like an isolated incident again that you've been enjoying or or laughed at or what what have you? So, um, dude, that's easy.
1: I am currently paid to work out on a beach in San Diego.
0: Wow! Like wow. It Doesn't
1: it doesn't get much better than that? I got three miles of private beach to run, swim like I have my single speed bike out that you were actually riding for a little while. I remember that thing. Oh yeah. That's yeah. like did a century ride on Easter. My first one. Um, yeah, it was sick. Um, but yeah, I'll put in like about a hundred miles of biking every week. I'm running about 50 to 60 every week now. Um, yeah, I've been swimming in the ocean and yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm just blessed dude. I, I get to take care of a bunch of guys that are, you know, mostly younger, some same age. not think that, that really matters, but, like, just having been there, not having a lot of life experience, it's nice to kind of be able to, like, understand where they're coming from And let's say, like, an anxious, anxious situation or, like, some stuff happened they didn't expect and just be able to, like, talk them through it and kind of step up to you know leadership position not to have the credit for anything but just to like dude it's gonna be okay let's get it done so yeah yeah i don't know i'm just stoked on life man i i have everything i need i have a place to sleep i have a place to shower a place to do the other thing and just you know i have i have some food the galley is a little lacking right now which is <laughs> whatever but um that's okay it's just temporary so
0: yeah, yeah. Of course.
1: Life's good, man. I'm a I'm a professional athlete, so <laughs> dang, I'm envious. I'm envious. Yeah, you got one yeah, up on yeah. me now as I head back into the collegiate
0: collegiate system. It's all good, man. Um, so my, yeah, mine's in the uh, in the similar realm. Um, mine was gonna be something else, but hearing you talk about it inspired me to change it on the spot right, right, right now. Um, cool. But just the simple, I guess, minimalist aspect of having like a home gym, like. One, I had one. I That's made great. one I made one in my apartment, like, with what we had, a couple weight plates, some boxing gloves, some um, resistance bands, what like, all that jazz. But um, like I mentioned earlier in the podcast, Peyton opened up his place. And, I mean, we've got dumbbells. We've got a couple kettlebells, a squat rack, a barbell, um, a salt bike, an Airdyne. Um, what else? A, a tire to flip around. and Dude, um, Yes. And we've got a skier – or not a skier – a rowing erg. So, I mean, dude, that's like, that's like heaven on earth to me right now. Like that is, it's yeah. just a place I can go to and just, we crank the tunes, uh, clang some metal and we just get better. <laughs> like, I mean, it's, it's not swimming, but you're still getting fit. You're still training your body, training your mind. And it's, I mean, there's something special about like a garage gym too, dude. It's just like to open, open up the garage and then just yeah. go in there. It's and, like an eighties uh,
1: movie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: And but better,
1: but better. Yeah, yeah. Um, Dude, I love love picking up some pieces of metal and then putting them
0: back when you're done. It's great. Yeah, very Neanderthal, <laughs> very very primal. It's so fun
1: though. Like just just going hard with the boys and like you see somebody go a little little harder and you go a little harder and it just kind of yeah, it's fun. You know, I, just being with yeah, 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 people.
0: Yeah. Absolutely, good one. Absolutely, that's awesome. Um, so this goes into our third segment. Uh, it's called our lane line ratings. So it's basically. Woo kind of like yeah a little fancy little twist on it but i like it it's kind of like you like that but it's basically applying anything that you can put a rating to so it's like a movie a book or maybe Ooh. it's like something at like for your workout that you've been liking or, or something you've seen or experienced lately maybe that like acai bowl. was it like, a, like a, the worst acai bowl or maybe that it was like the best 10. one 10. wow yeah, okay yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow it is, right.
1: it's amazing this place called roots bowl in san diego huh. is like they know what they're doing. It's great. Um, all natural ingredients. Super good acai. They have this like matcha filler too, and Ooh, matcha uh, and a coconut filler. It's like it's incredible. Wow. Um, and it's compliant with my diet that I'm on right now, which is super cool. Um, yeah, stoked. Okay, yeah. So for you fortunate listeners that have made it this far through this podcast, <laughs> um, I'm about to blow your mind with a new show. It's on Hulu, and it's called Letter Kenny one word, Letter Kenny. Um, right. This show, hands down, 10 out of 10, like not, not even like, there's no question in my mind that it's a 10 out of 10. Um, this guy who creates the show is like the main character of the show. And I mean, I don't wanna like really give anything away else than that, it's just, they're Canadians and it's like their normal day in a life in a small town and just all the adventures that they go on in this small town and it's like it's like based in real life and it's some of the most clever like most cleverly written rhetoric i've heard in any show like ever like it's wow. so it's so above and beyond like like rick and Morty's pretty clever this just takes it to a whole nother level it's it's pretty yeah it's awesome it's uh it's full of laughs good time highly recommend um and also I'd say my other 10 out of 10 would be my boosted board that I picked up. Oh. Um, it was a little like Christmas present slash birthday present to myself. I picked up the boosted board uh, stealth. It's like the top of the line. Like basically this thing cruises no problem at 25 miles an hour. Dang, And, and it is so fun, man. Like in the streets down here, have no potholes so you can just like you can ba- you basically beat cars off the line and the looks on people's faces when you <laughs> roll off the line faster than them and on a skateboard is it's priceless it's awesome
0: nice yeah. you had one of those yeah. in and at asu right
1: i did yeah it was my brother's uh boosted board and it was like a gen one that collectively him and i had put almost three thousand miles on yes and so, yeah, now I have, like, almost 250 on the new one. But, um, yeah, dude, just great company. Awesome people. Nice, um, nice. But yeah, I know I only got 10 out of 10s, but I'm just like – Hey, to dude, don't life, apologize so. for 10 <laughs> out
0: of 10s, man. That's that's yeah. that's living large. Got three um, 10s for you guys. <laughs> yeah, I guess uh, – so mine, um, I'm going to give two. My first one is this book that Bob actually just had us read. It's called okay. um, Daring Greatly um main theme of the book likewise not giving too much away is about basically um becoming more vulnerable as a person um and like more in tune with your emotional status and emotional your eq not your iq um yes but it's i think it's really great and i think fortunately for me i didn't resonate with it too much at the first half of the book because it was kind of stuff i've been learning over the last year like and, and, and seeing and reading about writing and talking with people. Um, so it was almost like refreshing to see it, but it just didn't like, didn't click with me the way that I think it would have if I would have read it a year ago. Um, but I really enjoyed the back end of the book, uh, talked about culture, cultivating things from like a parenting standpoint. And I think principles in parenting can go from coach to athlete, from upperclassmen oh, yeah. to underclassmen, like siblings yeah, the- to younger siblings.
1: The power of vulnerability is huge in those situations because if you look at your parents or your coach and you're like, "Dude, how are they this perfect robot? Like, they never do anything wrong." And it's like, I don't, know. I haven't read the book, but that's just like my little two cents on vulnerability. It's nice, nice,
0: good. Huge, to hear. yeah,
1: it's so powerful to be human to your peers and your, I guess, in a parental situation, your your kids or your coachables. You know, you gotta. <laughs> you got to let them know that you're human too. It, it makes you relatable. So you're not just this, I don't know. Robot. Yeah, exactly. Just the, the person with all the answers. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
0: And so I, yeah, I think that's, that's, I mean, that's a sentiment that they make in the book. And one, I think a lot of people are realizing right now is how how needed it is to be vulnerable and how we all have to be through this together. So
1: yeah, especially in this time, it's okay to be scared, but to lean on other people is okay.
0: Let's go. Let's go. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So my second one would be this, this show on Disney plus, and I was surprised to find this on Disney plus. Yeah, I know. All right. Um, right. It's called primal survivor. It's basically (laughs) for anyone. Yeah. It's a, it's, it's real tell like it's a real show. um, Uh And it's basically man vs. wild with bear Grylls, if anyone knows that verse or not verse, mixed with um, Survivor Man, and which was hosted by it. Les Stroud, if anyone knows that show too. But it's basically just like a modern take on both of them, and I really like it. It's pretty cool. It's a little different, um, yeah. But it's just a nice little show to like pass the time and kind of pique your curiosity, like what aspect of the world he's in now and what uh how he's gonna get out of this situation that situation so that'd be oh that's cool i guess i didn't say my rating for darren greatly darren greatly was like a 7.1 for me um it's solid solid but it it was it was a little harder the first the first half but primal survivor 9.2 i I love it all right i thoroughly
1: enjoy it thoroughly dude that's that's solid that is that is really solid
0: now i feel like i was
1: no, actually, I don't. I I don't think I was generous on my no, rating. Yeah, three, don't.
0: Ten out of ten, oh. man. Good. Yeah. I'm glad. I'm gl- I'm envious. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to think yeah. of something that I can give a ten out of ten to, but yeah, um nothing That's comes to pretty... mind right now. That's all good, man. It's all good. Um,
1: no, those are pretty pretty sweet ratings as well.
0: Thanks. So the last the last part here, um I know I've kept you kept you a good amount of time here, but oh, dude, um, no worries. I'm glad. I'm so, dude. I can't speak enough. Um, how, how much I've appreciated you going. And, um, this last segment, I specifically didn't tell you about this and I don't tell anyone unless they've heard the podcast before, but, um, it's something that I will kind of want to not have them preface, but kind of think up on the spot. And I call this segment living life daily. And it's something I've really tried to embody. I think the last year or since I started this fall fall season, um, and it's something that Kyle, my brother, has kind of, I guess, enlightened me with, or, or bestowed upon me, if whatever you may may say it. But essentially, how do you, as Andrew Porter, or what does Andrew Porter see as being a pivotal part or asset of living your life daily? Like, what what can what do you have to do, think about, or need to live your life? each day to its most optimal state to its maximum um, or something that you want to foster in your life? If that, wow. if that's enough structure. Yeah, no, that, that yeah, is. it is um, big question, but a
1: good question. Good question nonetheless. <sighs>
0: Thank you. Um,
1: yeah. I, I guess something that swimming's taught me is like kind of how to set a far out goal and kind of work towards it. Um, but something I struggle with just because of having a very, I guess just hyperactive mind would be the best way to put it. Um, you know, I'm an, I'm an artist first and foremost, I think if I had to describe myself, uh, so like I'm just constantly going through like invention ideas in my head and I have a full like notebook of them. A lot of things I want to create eventually. Um, but I think something that I'm learning in my life uh currently is a little bit of compartmentalization to be able to at times whether this is like an extended period of time um again i can't say too much currently just because of uh opsec just basically the challenge that i'm going up against over the next two months um I'm going to have to let everything else go to make it happen. And I just need to have that peace of mind that it's not going away. I'm just putting it on hold for now. Like, yeah, that, and that's okay. Cause that's what it takes. I think to, to give your all, like to literally give your all to something, you have to put other things, at least on the back burner, you don't have to, Don't have to let them go, but to like, if you really want to, in my opinion, if you really want to hold your head high, knowing you gave it everything you got, you have to eat, sleep, drink, whatever it is you have to do to make that thing happen. It it's got to be your thing. Not to say that you can't have like little mental breaks from that certain, but you got to find it within the task itself, in my opinion. So like pressing it, pressing into the friends in this scenario or pressing into the group or your teammates or whatever it is just find ways to function in this new reality by not distracting yourself from i guess feeling or going through that process Uh, in swimming i think it's pretty easy for us we've kind of been taught or i don't know if if this is the right way to to think about swimming, but I know at least for me, when I was in warm up or warm down, I'm just putting my mind somewhere else and I'm going through the motions. Cause it's, for me, it's yeah. pretty boring. And I know you just need some muscle repetition. So I'd find a dream during those times. But, um, you know, when you're in like a very pivotal moment that spans a couple months, um, being present is, has been a huge weapon for me to just be mindful of where I'm at to kind of view myself from the outside looking in during certain situations. And, you know, where when I'm in my head thinking about, gosh, you know, I'm on, I'm on mile 16 of this run right now. My legs are burning. My lungs are burning. Um, I'm, I'm really hurting. I could really use some water. I can kind of view myself from the outside looking in and go, okay, you know, you're, You're not injured. You're, you're fine. Your lungs are fine. You know, you're just going to have to just, just keep pushing through, just relax and keep pushing through. And that kind of that calming effect of not having a bunch of other distracting things in your mind and letting your own body kind of let itself into panic mode um, is, is a very powerful thing. And I think it kind of carries over to you know, a big business meeting, or a big school project, or a big, big meet, you know, whatever it is that you want to fully lean into, um, stick to the plan, and don't think too far ahead, or too far behind, I think that's, that's something that's really helped me, at least, to just kind of enjoy where you're at, because the older I get, the shorter life seems so um (laughs) i know i'm only 26 but it's i've had some some pretty uh profound moments throughout my life Um, and that has really kind of taught me the value of life and how quickly this experience can end not to get like morbid but just to experience experience each day as kind of a gift and a blessing, and everybody along the journey as a teacher um, has been been very fun. Um, kind of every day has something to give. So
0: awesome, man! I think the uh, yeah. the sentiment of being present is something I've definitely been focusing on, utilizing a lot more than I ever have before, especially during COVID. But um, a metaphor a phrase of focus where your feet are at is something that yeah kind of brings me back to like literally wherever I'm at like in that mm-hmm. in that moment it's just your focus needs to rely on and that's all you can control is where your feet are at and where your body is present so
1: yeah um, and that's that's just to add that's that's not to say you can't like you can't be you know I mentioned the panic you, you don't have to never be panicked or never be mad or never be angry but to instead when you come to those moments feel yourself like from the outside looking in as you're you're observing and you see that that kind of feeling come in and how it works and then how it fades away will kind of teach you how to deal with it more in the future so the next time you're mad angry sad happy super stoked whatever it is you kind of know like okay it's all going to be okay like yeah it, it just it it takes a level of anxiety and kind of just that wrench in your gut away from your life because you don't, you don't really need it. <laughs> it just kind of, it's a weight, weight you're carrying around.
0: For sure. For yeah. sure. Well, I, I, that's beautifully, beautifully articulated, beautifully said. I think that's a, a great way to cap this, this, uh, this gnarly podcast, banger episode. I'm, I'm excited Thanks, to brother. get this out and uh, let the people hear, hear some of your story and, and the conversation at hand, Andrew. So I, I can't think enough for, um given your current situation how much uh time allotment you've given me and uh, made to m- get this to happen and uh reaching out as consistently as you do given your schedule just to maybe it is just reply to a, a snapchat story i put up but whatever it may uh, be dude, just uh, I always got your background always always uh really enjoyable to to hear from you so um but but that's all i got for today so um again uh anyone anyone listening if you uh if you enjoyed it please leave a rating spotify podcast apple Podcasts. but um this is for
1: grant so 10 out of 10s only
0: 10 out of 10s only yeah (laughs) thank you appreciate it um uh you heard it here first appreciate that andrew and um make everyone make sure you're staying safe staying strong during this time and uh remembering to live life daily so sweet Thank you. Yeah. Let's fly together, fly together, fly together. You can be my love, sweet love. No, your pretty feathers, it don't matter the weather. Shoe and me together, we'll fly, 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 fly forever. Let's fly together, fly together, fly together. You can be my love, sweet love. No, your pretty feathers, it don't matter the weather. She and me together, we'll fly.